It's your boy Dreams from the Notorious Mass Effect. Ever wanted to turn your spare change into thousands of dollars? Well, that's where Acorns comes in. Acorns is a micro-investing platform that does the saving and investing for you. You simply link a credit or debit card, and after each purchase, Acorns will automatically round up the amount you spent to the nearest dollar. Then, it will take that change, no matter how small the amount, and funnel it into your investment portfolio that's tailor-made for you. There are no deposit or account minimums to maintain, no commission fees, and no penalties when withdrawing funds. Download the Acorns app on your mobile app store to start turning your spare change into generational wealth today. dreams and i would like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i'm your hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in for episode 37 we're going to be getting into meek mill versus 6-9 judas and the black messiah sparks game pass and the weekend super bowl performance but before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities also, make sure to share this podcast and rate this show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Now that we got the intro out of the way, we're going to be getting into the quote of the pod. Okay, okay. Getting into the quote of the pod. Now for this, this is going to be kind of uh, more of what hip-hop has unfortunately turned into two millionaires yelling at each other with police surrounded around both now for those that don't know meek mill and takashi got into a face-to-face altercation and when i mean face-to-face i mean more like across the street type altercation and it always reminds me before i even get into this just the whole thing just to sum this up this is like when a 
person, usually an older person, tells you never yell at a fool from across the street. Never argue with a fool because from across the street, they can't tell who is who. So, basically, that's what came to my mind when I saw this story. So, Takashi69 and Meek Mill both came close to trading punches, even though it wasn't going to happen anyway. They was both surrounded by police. But getting into the actual what happened, like, leading up to it. Apparently, they was both at a restaurant. Takashi waited outside of the restaurant for Meek Mill because uh, allegedly Meek Mill said that he spit in 6ix9ine's face in the restaurant or something like that. So it degraded 6ix9ine so much that he wanted to wait outside for him for him to uh, basically check him or whatever. So this whole video came from both sides. Meek Mill put out a video from his perspective, 6ix9ine put out a video from his perspective, and both of them was verbally aggressive towards one another, and they was obviously upset at one another, which this has been building up for quite some time. Like, this was only a matter of time before this happened, because for those that don't know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, and people don't, or people don't really follow the rules like that, but uh, some of the places in the United States they literally are acting like there's no type of pandemic going around. So that's where the rappers are flocking to to get their shows in and their club appearances in. So <clears throat> you're going to get altercations like this because when you're in a place where pandemic rules really don't apply or they're not strictly enforced, you get these type of bags that you wouldn't get in other places where the pandemic is obviously recognizing there's actual laws in, in place to keep you from having clubs like this and then uh having pop-ups now you're never gonna all you're never gonna 100% get uh just do away with these type of altercations but at the with where they was located it was just like why do these type of venues well it's not even a big it was a restaurant but from what i've heard it is a restaurant slash club why these do why do these type of club appearances if at the end of the day it's a you're in the midst of a pandemic i know rappers have to make money somehow but you have to understand that when laws are in place for a reason and them spreading covid19 not necessarily takashi and uh, meek but just in general them holding these large gatherings just so people can see them it's not the most uh responsible in my opinion so obviously not all rappers get along and these are one of the notoriously not, like notoriously meek mill and 69 have been beefing over the internet so them coming face to face is it will, like i gonna i'm gonna keep saying it was just a matter of time so basically waited outside of the club when it, waiting for Meek Mill to come out just to uh, confront him off of what happened. And this is all from Meek Mill's side. <clears throat> side. Meek Mill said Takashi had the cops with him trying to send him to jail, quote unquote, even though they both had security. And from what I've been being, from what I've been told, both of the security are uh, police. So it was just like nobody's going to get locked up from that altercation because the, the securities are working for those that don't know, when you get security, usually the venue provides it. So the security for 469 and Meek Mill were working together. 
so nothing was going to happen and it was just the 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 way that this went down it made me really think that this was a publicity stunt if you didn't know about the previous history and back and back and forth so this whole thing went down Mikmil Takashi technically squared off and, and traded verbal blows and all for the internet at the end of the day as when these videos came out one from Takashi videoing one from Meek videoing they both had their say in it Meek Mill basically said I hope he always calls Takashi a rat so he tweeted I hope that rat going live is going live to apologize to the people he told on or the victim y'all forget that fast that a rat killed Nipsey and he wasn't supposed to be on the streets so that little correlation that Meek Mill makes for Takashi is, is um, I wouldn't say it's a reach. It's a very, it's a very like noble. That's not a noble claim, but like it's a, uh, it's an obvious one to point out that you can. It, it, I can see the correlation for where he draws that from because Meek Mill for the. Okay, I just dropped my pop filter. I don't know if y'all heard that, but anyways, Meek Mill isn't the, the brightest of uh, rappers, so <laughs> he's known for making these type of spur of the moment type tweets that just gets him in trouble that's why when he was going back and forth with drake in 2015 drake notoriously called him twitter fingers and said that trigger fingers turned to twitter fingers because meek mill literally does ha has no filter when it comes to social media and expressing his feel feelings which is why sometimes his media gets taken away by uh his his label his management so his privileges are could be forever taken away at any moment well not forever but taken away at any moment and that was apparent when uh he was going back and forth with dj academics dj academics brought up a person who manages him um desiree perez and talked about how she was quote-unquote a rat basically saying that she helped people she helped the feds find different drug dealers so she could get a lesser time and after academics kind of brought that up, Meek Mill stopped tweeting at him at all. And the only time you heard from him since then was him. Uh, I think he was some, it was some track he dropped. It was like an EP he dropped with the diamonds in the black background. I forget what it's called. But for those who listen to Meek Mill, they know what I'm talking about. But that was the next time he tweeted. So people thought his Twitter was taken away because from then on, it was from like a month or two. It was only used for promoting his uh, music or something he was uh, selling. It was never his uh, opinion. So that's when the whole like rumor came out that, yeah, it's Meek Mill always uh, being uh, watched by his management. And are they just overseeing his media, which every label slash management oversees the rapper's social media but for Meek Mill with the whole prison reform and everything like that he can't really tweet the way he used to because it would be a bad look and wouldn't represent the way that he wouldn't represent the new path that he's trying to go on with this whole prison reform so this whole thing doesn't help out at all because at the end of the day with Takashi 69 he's not he hasn't fallen off by any means I mean he doesn't for those that don't know when Takashi when Takashi dropped his last album album he didn't get any radio play or any playlisting because of uh him being blackballed quote unquote 
and the same thing they tried to do with Tory Lanez but I think Tory Lanez is low-key trying to get around that without saying it Kashi literally just came out and said I don't need the industry they can blackball me all they want I'm still gonna sell like the hottest rapper ever and turns out he you actually need radio and playlisting so he didn't sell as much but he still sold a lot of copies because it was basically copies from his fans just following him like if he would have radio playing all that he probably would have sold more into the hundreds of two hundred thousands but just his core fan base who follows his word and and whenever he drops like they go to his page he, he sold i think like sixty thousand or something like that so it wasn't a lot it definitely wasn't as much as he was uh, projecting it to be so i wouldn't say he's falling off but he he also isn't as relevant <clears throat> and just for any altercation for the internet there's no reason for meek mill to be going back and forth for six nine when he has a lot more pressing issues he could address at these times like it's just a bad look for both of for both rappers and millionaires going back and forth while police are literally in the middle of them you always think it's a publicity stunt but like i said previously some of these rappers aren't too bright and meek mill is unfortunately one of those so <laughs> yeah uh the whole meek mill situation with 6ix9ine is not too much to get into the only thing to really speak on is that at the end of the day these two finally met up and so it finally came to a head with this altercation luckily nobody was hurt luckily nobody was injured or shot dead because with the hip-hop community that's always a route that it could go but yeah that's all i really had to say about the meek mill versus six nine situation it's not very uh it's not something i like bringing up or talking about in the hip-hop i usually like focusing on more positive things when it comes to hip-hop less on altercations which is what we're going to get into in the music section but definitely had to touch on the meek mill and six nine situation just because of it being such a uh viral moment and it was inevitable to happen because of the back and forth they've had over the internet and social media so for this to come to a head in person doesn't surprise me one bit it's just the only way to sum if i had to sum this up in one word i would say this is just sad this is sad <laughs> so yeah that's what i thought about the meek mail versus 69 situation let me know uh click my link tree in my bio to access and message me on one of my social medias and let me know what do you think should have what do you think meek mill should have done when faced in this situation with 69 now i'll be interested to hear what y'all think about that so yeah we're gonna switch it up and get into music okay getting into music now this is more of what this is more of my realm which i like to talk about in hip-hop because i don't like to focus on the negativity which i don't know if that's uh obvious in this pod but i, I just really don't like focusing on two millionaires just yelling for no reason so we're gonna get into something with a little bit more uh little well a little bit more substance and when i say a little bit i mean a lot of it <laughs> so we're gonna get into the judas and black messiah the inspired album and the reason i wanted to get into this because it's a movie but there was a soundtrack for the movie and this was of course i mean who else to go for who, who else to have executive 
produced this besides the living legend hit boy hit boy is one of the best producers in the game and i think he's slowly but he's slowly but surely getting that top producer of the game credits like he's ep not ep he's overseen a lot of great albums he oversaw I think he oversaw the not well i know he oversaw the nas album the big sean album i'm talking about last year and he oversaw the um what's his name i forget his name it was nominated for a grammy so i feel bad for for forgetting his name but right name's on the tip of my tongue it's like freddie i don't know i forget anyways uh, Hit Boys had some legends he, he's produced albums for in this past year. So he's really going full throttle for these for this for that top spot as he came back with the Judas and the Black Messiah inspired album. And he also um this film was is already in theaters and also on HBO Max if you just want to watch it. I definitely need to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. But with the hit boy produce executive produced album you already know that he's gonna have uh don kennedy on it because he that's i mean um dom kennedy is a great artist so artist and obviously hit boy has some personal ties to him so he's always going to be on the hit boy produced executive produced soundtrack if he, if he has something to say about it but collectively now we're going to get into the whole album like the track list for this album is insane you had Little Dirt, G Herbo, J, BJ the Chicago Kid, Polo G, and Saba. You have Nas, Rakim, Her, Jay Z, Nipsey Hussle, and many more. Way too many more to name, but that I was just trying to just highlight the top artists that was just on this collective, on this body of work. Like he really, Hit Boy really went all out to bring the the top a-list celebrities out for this out for this soundtrack they also talked about how no name was supposed to be on the album i don't know how i feel about that as she publicly came out and said she turned it down i don't like when artists do that because when they do that it's like trying to say like yeah i could have been on it but i didn't want to like i don't ever like those type of messages and she kind of came across as she was too big for this album because she didn't necessarily like certain aspects of the actual movie but that's that's for her to uh that's for her to explain and for y'all to find out because from her twitter explanation it wasn't wasn't that clear at all getting into the actual track list of the judas and black messiah inspired album this is a 22 track soundtrack we're gonna go through the whole 22 but don't worry it's not gonna take that long as all the songs on here are great the Judas and Black Messiah album is really one of my favorites of the year. Um, if y'all have been paying attention to hip hop over the past 2021, January and, Fe January and February was supposed to be the month of Drake, the months of Drake, plural. But uh, Aubrey, for some reason, didn't want to drop his album because he tore his ACL. Don't ask me what that has to do with him rapping, but you know that. I mean, that's his. You know, if if the boy says he can't put out album this year. I mean, this month or two. I mean, I guess we have to wait. I mean, it's not like, not like he's just gonna say he's not dropping them. Drop. He's he's not no, he's not no Beyonce. Like he's not just gonna drop out of the blue with the lemonade. So, 
anyways getting into the first track of the inspired album it was a little monologue by fred hampton that was pretty nice and went right into the single of that they put out before the actual soundtrack was uh released to the public so we had fight for you by her which was an amazing song like this album right now i think it's kind of like not fair because you have so many different artists that's coming with their best work so i don't want to rate this in my top five albums of 2021 because of it's a collection of songs not really an album but just there hasn't been any music so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna put it up there for right now like i think this is one of my favorite albums of 2021 and fight for you by her was a great single to choose off of this off of this um soundtrack and then we get into track number three now epmd by nas i think is the best track off of this soundtrack I don't, I mean, I don't think y'all think I'm biased. I don't think I've ever said my piece on Nas, but Nas came with his, like, he really came with his bars and he came with his bag. You know how they say when basketball players going off for 40, they're in their bag. Nas was in his bag on this entire track and it only showed with the lyrical exercise that he was just displaying for the, for the audience to listen to, like the people who can just go in a booth and just kill a beat from start to finish even the chorus is the chorus is short and that's how you know he had bars he was like yeah i don't really want that eight the eight count chorus you know cut it down to like a two or four so i can get some more of these bars off like because he was going crazy and that's the first uh snippet i'm gonna play if you listen to the whole entire pod you probably heard it at the beginning this is verse two from Nas on EPMD, which I think is the best track on the soundtrack, and we're gonna, I'm gonna play that right now. I just love the chorus. I mean, it's just so it's so quick and short, and he gets right back into his bag with the bars. And so you heard the first verse if you listen to the whole podcast. Obviously, the first the full song is out on all DSPs, and that track, in my opinion, is the best track on the on the soundtrack. So getting back into the actual uh, body of work by Hit Boy. After EPMD, we had Welcome to America, track number four by Black Dot. I thought that track was amazing. Uh, track number five, What It Feels Like by Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. Jay-Z really delivered the best verse on the soundtrack. Now, I think Nas had the best track. And I think Jay-Z had the best verse on, on the, uh, this whole collection of songs. So, I'm obviously going to play the snippet of Jay-Z's verse. Because he's really talking about... like. It's gotten to the point with Jay-Z that he's 50 plus, but he's talking like he's living with us. Like he's talking like 
he's just still living the everyday american life like he still relates you know how some people because the money that jay-z's getting he he doesn't have to relate to anybody he could talk about how he's struggling to get two private jets because they only let him have one but he's actually talking about issues that affect the everyday live type like the everyday type people so i always recognize that and i just think that's what makes jay-z one of the best rappers ever is that he just knows how to adapt and touch people in ways audioly uh, uh, audioly is that a word anyways i think i just made up another one i always make up words on the spot anyways there's there's certain ways that artists can touch like just the main topics like the main obstacles in your way and explain it in a way that it, you you have hope like you have hope like okay if he sees it and he's has so much money he's like far removed from what daily struggles are for regular people then we know we're in the right place because they're still trying to fight for us so that's what it seems like but we're gonna get into the snippet right now um this is what it feels like featuring nipsey hustle and jay-z and here it goes right now Way before Orbeez double disc on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filled the bass, sip like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm, your capital put their feet up on your desk, and yeah, you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling in the open, bringing folks home from the feds. I know the payback gonna be mean. I'm saving all my little bread. Pray for me, y'all. One day I'ma have to pay for these thoughts. Real is this thing. It ain't safe for me, my dog. They killing. They on hood. That makes sense to you at all. You burnt your bridge to the other side. You know you can't swim across. Y'all know can't swim. They fried my got me die. Y'all know can't win. You never land. No joke aside. I arrived on the day Fred Hampton got murdered. Hold up. Assassinated just to clarify further. What y'all gave birth is the chairman mixed with Jeff Ford. Big step on the jet with my legs crossed Black stones on my neck, y'all can't kill Christ Black Messiah is what I feel like They gon' stop cause y'all spill blood We gon' turn up even more since y'all kill cuz this is what it feels like As you heard Of course he had to throw Drake's government name At the beginning of the verse just to let you know he was serious And he went, he went right into Right for the jugular with all type of bars to, to uh, if you like listen to it deeply, you know who he's talking about, you know, kind of talking about corporate and, and, and just how he's treated in certain ways, but how in other instances, certain people are treated differently. I mean, the capital bars are, are a prime example of what I'm talking about. And just every time you rewind that verse it, i like i pick out something different so it was just one of those type verses that you knew that he was holding this for for the right time and um it was just a great verse in general you know he wasn't holding on it for too long because of the capital bars and he just came out with great but the, he just came out with a great verse with a lot of substance that you could point to different parts in the verse and be like wow that's really means more 
and he said it in like five seconds <laughs> so yeah jay-z went crazy i think he had the best verse on the co on this soundtrack um so we're gonna move on from that track number six we went into broad day I didn't, I didn't personally feel too much about this. I mean, Hip Boy, I think he was rapping or something. I, you know, it's kind of like the Kanye effect. Like, I know what Kanye says when he tried to start rapping when he was only producing. Like, people look at him funny, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing the same thing. I don't really think Hip Boy, like, he, he makes the, the best eight of ways, but he may need to take a break when it comes to rapping. So, <laughs> but anyways, uh, track number seven, Something Ain't Right definitely picked up the lyrical exercise that was going on throughout this whole body of work as J.I.D. and Rhapsody two of the best rappers in the game came together and delivered a, a, a great like a, a like this 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 track is is especially the sample the sample they used so they didn't really even need a chorus they could just both just rap is perfect in my opinion so uh that that track was amazing as well as you can tell this is definitely gonna be one of my favorite albums of 2021 track number eight plead the fifth by smino and uh saba that, that track was okay well no not okay that track was i mean it was it was solid it wasn't a standout for me but i think it was solid track number nine letter to you by bj the chicago kid if you know chicago kid by now you know what he does he kind of gets into that bag with this track so it's just it's just a good track. Um, track number 10, On Your Mind by Lil Durk. Now, I thought this was a pretty interesting pick to have Lil Durk on here. Um, Durk gave, a, I think he gave a good effort, and I think the track was solid. Track number 11, Appraised by White Dave. Um, so, at first, I thought they put a, like, a, a white artist on here called White Dave. I was like, I was like confused. I, was, I thought this was the Black Messiah soundtrack, and they, they have a... a uh, artist on here that that uh, looks from the like from the looks of the name doesn't sound all that black <laughs> but then i looked up the, the profile i saw he was a black guy with a bald head and i was like okay well that guy's really black i wonder why he went with white that would be interesting like to hear so that's a it's a pretty good name as far as like <clears throat> people who really want to get invested into his like his craft and want to like learn more about him that that's an intriguing first name like first impression just seeing that he's a black guy so he had a great verse um the track definitely surprised me i think because my expectations wasn't too high definitely surpassed my expectation and and then some like there was some bars on this track so i like appraised by white dave a lot then we get to track number 12 now this is when I knew that this was my favorite, one of my favorite albums of the year. They have G Herbo on here rapping on beat. He's rapping in the pockets of the beat. He's rapping and pausing when the beat's supposed to pause. He's coming back in when you're supposed to come back in after the after the eight away hits. It's like I, I thought I, I don't know who told him to like rap on beat or just. Catch up with the beat and, and, and match it step for step. But he, he definitely did down this soundtrack, which made me think, like, maybe just hope for G Herbert. No, I'll just play. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a great track, in my opinion. Definitely uh, a standout. Out of this out of this 22 tracks, that was a definitely a standout uh, by G Herbo. Track number 13, I Declare War by Nardo Wick. I thought this was the worst track on the album. Um, <laughs> track number 14. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I just did. I don't even know who that man is. Track number 14, No Profanity by Pooh Shiesty. I, I thought the premise was pretty interesting. And then I listened to the track and it was even more than I thought it was. Like he really was rapping, rapping without cussing. And it was like, rappers always focus on cussing and I don't really think it really adds too much impact to the bars. Unless you're saying like, a person like a, a white man calls you you know what i mean and then you could probably say that and it'll have an impact but for me for the most part i feel like rappers could really get across the message without having to cuss as much but i don't think most of them care like i think that's just the culture to say you know cuss words and, and all type of b's and, and f's and s's and h's and whatever other uh letters there are in the alphabet and just put in in ways that are just derogatory and very vulgar vulgar so i, I like no profanity i thought it was a nice take by push ice because he was still talking about killing but <laughs> track number 15 hitting it to last man standing by polo g is just like where do i even start like this is definitely one of my favorite tracks off the soundtrack uh, i think this is probably top three for me and I say that as I have a snippet for already, so you definitely know this is top three for me. As this is my last and final snippet, I'm going to play for the soundtrack. And it comes from this because I just like the premise of the chorus. I think the chorus is very catchy. Very, this has the most replayability in my in my opinion. And I just, like he really got into his bag and kind of just talked about certain issues. Um, he, he has some ignorant bars in here, but... For the most part, I think the chorus is what saved it for me and made it one of my favorite tracks of the soundtrack. But now we're going to get into it and listen to... So we're going to get into the snippet of Last Man Standing by Polo G. Ignore the peace Died in the hood He never left with so much more to see Heard the news about him Really hurt me to my core for weeks The other side and 1200 While we explore the streets Jealous of my melanin What make you human more than me They threaten us Oppressing us We post play that cordially Thinking about that shit Like what if George is me Just up the gym To sit back and watch him torture me Like why you ain't gonna help me Just recording me Feel pressure Then I'm shooting Final seconds after quarter three Cause I be if I let a pig put a fork in me The fair's knocking, that just mean the devil at the door for me I just hope the Lord with me They try to change the rules, ain't going how they planned it Guarantee you I'm gonna be the last man standing Officer down, bodies dropping, them shells landing Shot town leader like Fred Hampton uh. It's your boy Dreams from the notorious Mass Effect Ever wanted to turn your spare change into thousands of dollars? Well that's where Acorns comes in Acorns is a micro-investing platform that does the saving and investing for you. You simply link a credit or debit card, and after each purchase, Acorns will automatically round up the amount you spent to the nearest dollar. Then, it will take that change, no matter how small the amount, and funnel it into your investment portfolio that's tailor-made for you. There are no deposit or account minimums to maintain, no commission fees and no penalties when withdrawing funds. Download the Acorns app on your mobile app store to start turning your spare change into generational wealth today. I just thought that track was very inspirational, um, especially coming from Polo G's. You know, I, I've always talked about Polo G, Dirk, 
I don't know who else. I, I, I all, I group all those in like one, like package and just be, it's just because of the delivery sometimes, but with this last man standing, I thought he really stood out and put out a, a great track that just like separated itself from the others on this list. So track number 16, Respect My Mind by Dom Kennedy. I thought that track was very solid. I mean, Dom Kennedy, Hit Boy have personal like eyes. So, I mean, you always gonna see Dom Kennedy with uh, Hit Boy and he told you himself. So, track number 17, Revolutionary by G Herbo. I didn't like this as much. I thought this was okay. I think they probably should have just stuck with the first track with G Herbo and uh, kind of trashed this one, but it was okay. I don't think it was too bad. Track number 18, Teach Me by Sir. I thought that was a very nice track. Track number 19, Contagious by Safe featuring Kiana Lede. I thought this was a fire track and definitely uh, something that I would replay like, like often. And then track number 20, I was going to give a snippet to this, but then I thought about it. Does ASAP Rocky rap about anything else besides how hard it is to be famous? Like, this is the thing that makes Jay-Z so great. Like, what? What? Who is who is ASAP Rocky appealing to with these famous bars? Like, oh, man, I have so much money. I don't know what to do with it. Bills piling up, man. I just don't want to be famous. Like, who who can relate to that? <laughs> like, he's talking to the 1%. And even that 1%, is, like, some of them probably don't even know who he is. Like, the whole premise of asap rocky's subject matter is why he's just like i'm not saying he's a trash artist but i'm just like who can relate to these type of struggles like i'm can you relate to these type of like like who can relate to asap rocky saying that he has a mink on but only thing he thinks about is these bills piling up like what like what's it like like, I don't understand, like, live below your means? Like, question mark? Like, why are you living above your means? Like, I don't understand. ASAP Rocky really needs to get it together. But I say all that to say that this is a fire track. He just needs to switch up his subject matter. <laughs> like, this track is fire to me. It's, it's a fire track. ASAP Rocky just needs to switch up his subject matter. Because that famous, that hard to be famous type bars is, is, is only going to work. On, like it's only gonna work in this type of setting. If ASAP Rocky came out with an album with this subject matter splattered all over, probably would turn it off after the first three tracks. Then we get into the outro, track number 21, which is basically like the soundtrack probably gonna be used in the movie. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. I would I would assume since this doesn't like have any rapping on it and it says outro by Judas and the Black Messiah, I would assume that this is in the movie. Track number 22, which they said bonus on Spotify when I looked at it, but I don't know why I said bonus. I mean, it just came out. Anyways, Black Messiah by Rakim. I thought the track was solid. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of blackness and a, and a lot of uh, black empowerment, which after coming after 2020 is well overdue. So, yeah, that's my whole review for the Judas and the Black Messiah, the inspired album. And that's what I think of it. So, yeah, uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know. Message me on one of my social medias. What do you think of the Judas and the Black Messiah, the inspired album? And who would you have wanted to see on this Hip Boy produced soundtrack? Y'all can let me know that. And now we're going to switch it up and get into gaming.
Okay, getting into gaming, we're going to be talking about Xbox Live Gold because Xbox doesn't have any games. Decided to push it, the Xbox Live price up by like 100%. And then they apologize. But yeah, that's the summary. But we're going to get into the whole story now. <laughs> so the service is no longer uh, required. It's also no longer required to play free to, free to play games, which is it's insane. Like you, sh that should have been from this. This is why I keep bigging up Sony and trashing Microsoft. It's because like there's no way. There's no way you can see Sony having so much success by giving the players so much exclusivity and you just want to take that away by making free to play games only playable through your membership like that's just I want to say that's low because at the same time they are they are using your service but it's just like if you see your competition thriving with it like just copy like just copy them <laughs> like Nike does it with Adidas Adidas does it with Under Armour Under Armour is just trash under Armour, uh, so Adidas does it with Nike all the time. Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why Xbox is trying to go so left field with it when they don't have any games. So, anyways, a while ago, Xbox Live Gold uh, pushed its subscriptions up <clears throat> by like 100%. So, I forget what, what, what was the prices. I think it's gonna say here. Okay, once I can find the prices, I'm gonna talk about it. So, basically, when they announced that they will be price hiking their uh, membership up, it used to be $59.99 for the 12 months, uh, 12 months, and the $39.99 for six months. $9.99 for one month, but who really gets one month? Like, come on now. And uh, <laughs> the annual membership, they pushed up. Not to, you know, I mean, maybe if they would have went to 60 to 65, you know, put a little Netflix, you know, Put a little Hulu and said like maybe we're gonna bump it up by ten, you know, instead of sixty. Like, you know, what I mean, give me seventy. They price hiked it from sixty dollars to a hundred and twenty, and and thought that that was just gonna be the sweetest deal in the world. Like they just put that out, like, hey, y'all get money now, so we just gonna double this. Like we, y'all got it right. <laughs> and then the and then the fans came out, and then they was like. We, we not standing for this. Like, we going to revolt and we're going to go to Sony. And even Sony fans came out like, Microsoft, why are you doing this to your fans? And this is why y'all don't have no game. Nah, I'm just playing. They didn't say all that. But it was basically saying, why is Microsoft doing this when they really have nothing to offer? Like, why are they price hiking? And one of the people I was talking to, they were saying like, well, I mean, the price hiking because they want everybody to go to the member. The, the uh, what's that called? The little thing they, they have that, that you can buy. Uh to and they get a lot of games i think it's like the xbox microsoft uh, marketplace or whatever that is that, that still doesn't have any games it's just an illusion of games that nobody wants but they want everybody to go to that that's why they uh, price hiked it like that but with the the backlash that they received i don't think they was planning for that like because it was huge backlash like it wasn't just a little uh like why are you having this pay 120 no it was like everybody's mad fix this or we're going to sony Sony was like, fix this, or I don't know, we're just gonna keep complaining. <laughs> but Microsoft came out and said, gave a little uh, <clears throat> PR statement. I wanna say exactly, I wanna, I wanna quote exactly what they had to say, because this was some this was some stuff right here. They said, We messed up today, and you were right to let us know. 
Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming and we fail to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox, Xbox Live Gold pricing. New and existing members can continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same prices they pay today. That's what Microsoft said. In many markets, the price... Okay, I'm, I'm not reading this whole thing. <laughs> Basically, okay, Microsoft said that. And then they said something along the lines of Xbox Gold subscription will no longer be required for free-to-play games. Basically, like Fortnite and all other Battle Royale Royales that copy the Fortnite uh, rollout strategy. So... That's great for people who want to play like free to play games like Fortnite, um, Warframe, and other games that are free to play. So <laughs> I can't think of any other ones. So, oh, uh, Apex, I think that's on Xbox. I don't know. Xbox really don't have any games. It's hard to even name games for Xbox. It's like, what do you play on? Like, what do you do on Xbox besides like listen to Spotify? Like, I don't know. It's confusing. Any, anyway, the major element for Microsoft. It's proposed that they, with the with the Microsoft Marketplace or whatever, that they're going to have a great subscription model that in the future is no longer going to be about the single game, which is why they're doing this in the first place because Sony is killing them in that field. I mean, just if I had to put a basketball analogy to it, it would be like Sony will be the college, the number one college team in the nation and Microsoft will be the high school team trying to like trying to get it together like that's that's the matchup that they have going into the exclusivity field like sony has all type of exclusives from spider-man god of war the last of us literally every literally the past two game of the years have been sony exclusive like, just think about that so yeah microsoft messed up uh they said they were sorry i don't really know how that fixes anything but, I mean, they fixed the price, so I guess they did fix something. So it's not all bad. For, it's not all like, oh, they just said, forget the fans. We're going to keep the prices. At least they fixed it. So that's a dub. That's a small lowercase over a lowercase dub. So it was just like, like, why did y'all do it in the first place? Like, it, it made it seem like a publicity stunt. But at the same time, like, it probably was because Microsoft doesn't have any games. But yeah, that's that's all I really had to say about Microsoft. You know, I'm not spending too much time on them. It, it's, it's really no need. I just wanted to point out the fact that they're struggling over there and they're just throwing anything at the wall to see if it sticks. So yeah, click my link here in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think of Microsoft not having any game games? But seriously, what do you think of Microsoft price hiking and then taking it back literally the same day in under 24 hours? So... That's all I had to say about the Xbox Game Pass. Now we're going to switch it up and get into pop culture. Okay, getting into pop culture, we're going to be talking about an artist that's literally one of the greatest of all time. Vocal range is unmatched. Album, body, the body of work, not, not his body. The body of work <laughs> is is just unmatched and just put out something called the trilogy that's just i really haven't seen a, a singer come close to it in the history of mankind like literally that's what i think of uh the artists we're about to talk about getting more specific so you're not out of the loop 
I'm talking about the weekend. And we're going to get into his Super Bowl 2021 halftime performance. We're going to get into how it affected people. How the 30-year-old musician came out and really delivered a a good performance. Good for a reason, because I don't want y'all to think I'm biased. I'm going to say why I don't think it was great in a second. So he headlined the Super Bowl LV, which is... uh, yeah, so he headlined Super Bowl LV. I'm so bad with the Roman numerals. Y'all can tell me what that stands for. Anyways, in the performance that he had to choose the Grammys over because the Grammys was... I keep dropping my phone. Did y'all hear that? Hold on one second. Okay, so the Grammys did not... The Grammys did not want to... Uh, did not want him to perform at the halftime show. So they told him if he performs... He doesn't he's not gonna get any nominations like that's literally what happened because there's no a bunch of people came out reputable reputable sources that are like close and literally some who vote and one of the the past people who was on the committee came out and said that the weekend should have been nominated based on the criteria that they used from last year so yeah people are coming out saying that this is why so the halftime performance was a big deal for most artists because for people who are not Meek Mill on 6ix9ine, that understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we can't just be out here just having verbal altercations with 15 plus people who one of them most likely have corona. But um, getting into the weekend, he, gra- he, he grabbed this halftime performance slot that was very much more valued this year than it would have been in past because... You can't really perform in too many places. Like you can't have those eyes on you in too many places. So for the Super Bowl, the safe environment of a Super Bowl, it was just a perfect opportunity for any artist and the weekend grabbed it. So he started off the, the show with 2016 hit called Starboy, not the album, the actual track Starboy off of Starboy, the album. And that was great as I think I think he really showed how far back he can go into his hit bag because he's been here for a while he also sped up his transitions it was, it was great with his transitions i thought i thought those was pretty on point um he jumped into his he jumped into various albums throughout the whole performance i mean going from the hills to his 2015 like smash called i can't hit, feel my face which he had a bunch of people with masks on look like looking like mummies from the top from the neck up and they were just running around in red blazers like i remember watching this and just thinking to myself i wonder how long it took them all to just get wrapped up in that mummy tape like i i don't understand like and can they really see like that like you know I, sometimes you put sometimes you put on a mask and you can only see like a little bit or you can only see slits or something sometimes you put on a mask you can see perfectly so i was just wondering like how, how comfortable are those mummy masks that they had to wear which i'm probably pretty sure it's not a mummy mask but that's the only thing i can think of i'm seeing it people who saw the performance know what i'm talking about then he performed his rendition of earned it don't even get me started about that track anyways um that track is very good to let me okay and then he played house of then he played House of Balloons from his first EP, released for free on his website in 2011. Don't ask me how I know that. And then he ended the whole performance with Blinding Lights, one of well, literally, literally 
one of the best performing tracks of 2020 like literally numbers wise everything and it didn't get a single nomination for the grammys think about that so due to coronavirus pandemic i think they said that the weekend had to come out of his pocket like an extra seven million a million like where did that go to I'm, I'm, I'm confused like they was like yeah due to the coronavirus pandemic he had to pay an extra seven million and i'm just like it's the halftime show like how, how is that even possible like it's it's able like you 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 should be lucky that he's even able to do the halftime show like i don't even understand like these these i don't i don't understand like imagine being the weekend and still being told like yeah you have to pay to perform here like what anyways so yeah the COVID 19 reportedly um to avoid transmitting it they had to have nozzle swabs you know the little testing and stuff the hand washing making sure that the bathroom trailers used three times as much water as they did uh, uh, oh no that's a like that's a stat i'm seeing anyways so yeah they said that the halftime show was a little different um obviously jay-z one of the greatest rappers ever had a hand in this as he partnered with the NFL with because of his company Rock, Rock Nation, and this coincide coincided with with how he was selected. I mean, there's no there's no like obviously the Jay Z likes the weekend and and thought he was a great artist to put on a big stage. Last year he chose Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, which was quote unquote a, a safe choice. I mean. You know, his first, you know, it's kind of like when your first year you're there, you can't really do nothing too crazy. You know, I can't be like, I let them know that you kind of with the system. And then the next year you can got to, you can kind of put your bias in there a little bit more. So I'm thinking for the third Super Bowl, he will most likely have an R&B and, and rap artist headline the Super Bowl. Like, okay, he had the, gen, not the generic, definitely, I'm definitely not calling J-Lo generic, but he definitely had Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lopez. It's more of a safe pick for the Super Bowl halftime show because they can dance and everything, which is something I'm going to get into with the weekend. Actually, I'm going to get into it now. And then he had an R&B legend in the the weekend headline the show. So, you know, I mean, he's just getting closer and closer to the rapper because, I mean, singer slash dancer, R&B artist slash hip hop. Then you just get a straight hip hop artist, hopefully. It'll most likely be a female. I'm not going to care. I don't think they'll do mo- two male artists in a row. I think it'll either be Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion. And you think I'm crazy with Megan Thee Stallion. Rock Nation loves Megan Thee Stallion. There's a reason why... Uh, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. But there's a reason why Megan Thee Stallion is getting in the award she's getting. They're trying to turn her into something that rhymes with... I don't even know. What rhymes with Beyonce? Anyways, I already said the name. So, you already figured that out. So, yeah. Um. Oh, I was I was supposed to get into dancing. Okay, so the weekend. So he's the best vocal artist I've seen like ever, like literally. Cause when I listened to his music, I was like, "There's no way he can perform this same amount of vocal inflection on the actual stage with a live mic." And he does the same thing. I mean, obviously the the live mics are condensed and the filters and the EQs, but. It sounds similar to when he sounds like an album and some artists who sing a lot can't hold that type of uh, performance in the live setting because they get tired one from going around the stage or they just they literally don't have the talent to hold 
that vocal inflection for that long and for the, the weekend that literally is not a problem at all so which is why i think he's one of the best he's one of the best vocal artists of all time now getting into why i only call his performance good i think that with the with the super bowl performance you have to be able to kind of be well-rounded and even though the weekend is a great vocal artist one of the best that we've ever seen when it comes to dancing and choreography is it's it's not bad but like it's it's below average it's it's noticeably below average i mean walking around the stage he did a little thing where he brought the camera into the little light tunnel that looked like a haunted house mirror type type setting like funny mirror type setting but uh he walked around the little lighthouse that he had which was pretty cool it kind of negated from the fact that he couldn't dance at all but at the same time when you come back out on the stage they expect you to do something i mean he did a little but he he basically did like a two-step like anybody can two-step like come on now but yeah the weekend like I, like he has a, he has to have more of a, a well-rounded i'm not gonna say he needs to start taking lessons from chris breezy like asap but bring some dancers on the floor like he had mummy people with masks but bring some dancers like two that can be noticeably in the camera dancing while you sing like and you can kind of like two-step with them like that was the only thing i didn't like about the show didn't like about the show um if they had chris brown he would literally have one of the best halftime performances ever because chris brown is the greatest artist of all time literally can dance rap sing paint all at an extremely high level so yeah with the weekend it was kind of more apparent that he was lacking in that dancing area which it's okay for his first time i guess which i don't think he's gonna get another time but like it's not the most it's not it's not a deal breaker for me i'll still listen to his music and go to a show if i had a chance but yeah that's all i had to say about the weekend super bowl performance uh click my link to in my bio message me on one of my social medias let me know what do you think of the weekend super bowl halftime performance yeah going into the overview of the pod we, uh, we got into the quarter of the pod being meek mill versus six nine just talked about two millionaires uh millionaires yelling at each other for no reason surrounded by cops so you take of that what you will I already talked about how don't don't ever argue with a fool because from across the street they can't tell who is who so it's just like it's, it's no reason to be yelling across the street to somebody with po- with when y'all both have police like nothing's gonna happen which i'm, I'm glad nothing happened uh, then we got into some music with Judas and the Black Messiah, the inspired album. I think this is one of my favorite albums. Not, nah, I think this is one of my favorite albums of 2021. Um, because it's a collection of artists, I think it's kind of cheating. So if more great body of works come from solo artists, I think I may have to bump this out. But as far as right now, since there's literally been no music put out, uh, um, this is one of my favorite albums of 2021. And I can't wait to watch the movie. I can't stress that enough. Then we got into gaming, the Xbox Game Pass, just to keep it simple. Xbox have has no games. They try to bump up the price for the uh, membership. People call them out on it, and they put it back to the regular uh, price. So, yeah, people call them out, finally called them out on them not having any games. Then we got into, then we ended with pop culture, getting into the greatest vocal artist of all time, The Weeknd, and his Super Bowl performance. And I went into the overview of how 
everything else was amazing which is it was just great it, it was like i don't know what other words can i use it was just very extravagant like the way that he went from transition to transition the settings the camera work just the choreography and the dancing needs a little help just needs a little help it's called the, the it's called the greatest artist of all time just call call up chris breezy have him show you how to you know do a little bit more than two step and then he'll be straight but yeah that's about it for this episode thanks for tuning in to the notorious mass effect podcast and don't be afraid to send me a voice message letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow the, uh, almost messed up my outro and follow to keep up with my latest activities make sure to share this podcast as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses thank you for tuning in to another episode of the notorious mass effect it's your boy dreams from the notorious mass effect ever wanted to turn your spare change into thousands of dollars well that's where acorns comes in acorns is a micro investing platform that does the saving and investing for you you simply link a credit or debit card and after each purchase acorns will automatically round up the amount you spent to the nearest dollar then it will take that change no matter how small the amount and funnel it into your investment portfolio that's tailor-made for you there are no deposit or account minimums to maintain no commission fees and no penalties when withdrawing funds download the acorns app on your mobile app store to start turning your spare change into generational wealth today.